0: At this time, the children in kindergarten to second grade may not be dismissed to children's church because the room that we use we may not be dismissed because the room that we use for children's church is um, is currently set up for vacation Bible school, and so uh, the children will stay with us, which is uh, fortuitous. This morning, we're going to be speaking. To children especially. In the next couple weeks, Jeremy will be speaking to parents about how parents need to train and teach their children. But today we're going to look at how children need to honor their parents' teaching. And so, will you turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 23? Proverbs 23, if you're using one of the pew Bibles, uh, you'll find the passage on page 648. It seems that the the only part of our heritage that we hold on to very, very tightly, that part of our heritage which we've received from our forefathers and from tradition, is that part which says that we don't hold on to anything in tradition or anything from our forefathers, but we venture forth on our own terms to find our own future. It's always uh, very hard to be told what to do. Uh, But God's word here in the book of Proverbs gives a word to children to encourage them and help them to be able to receive the teaching of their parents. So Proverbs chapter 23, verses 22 through 26. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for speaking to us for opening your mouth, for opening your heart to us, and giving us words of life, words of wisdom, for enabling us to know true things about the living God. And so, Father, we pray that you'll enable us to receive from you today every one of us who is a child, every one of us who is born of parents and has parents to honor or a memory of parents to honor. Father, be with us and enable us to receive your word and to walk in your ways and to glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. The habits of contemporary children are often derided and looked upon with scorn and regret. The, The sentiments of one famous author are summarized in these words. Our youth now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show dishonor to their elders, and they love to chatter in places of commerce. They no longer rise when elders enter the room. They contradict their parents, chatter before company, gobble up their food, and tyrannize their teachers. That author's name is Aristophanes. He lived in Greece in the 5th century B.C., some things never change, and uh, children are always finding that they're, they're, they, they have a natural propensity to disagree with their parents' teaching and to go in a different direction. And parents, it seems, are also partly at fault because the same fault of the children, which is pride, is often the fault of the parents in their ego and pride. And so there's a conflict that results, and there's no peace in the household, and the blessing is missed on all sides. It seems like uh, parents, when they have a child, they remember all about the details of the delivery. But one fact seems to have eluded them, and that is that another human being has come into the world. And so they don't seem to mind talking about you know, disgusting or embarrassing details of our childhood. Um, you know they'll talk about diapers and drooling and dining and dressing and all these things, and we flee from the room. But they, 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 they take it as an earth-splitting shock whenever we express our own individuality, our own personality, and our own uniqueness comes to the fore. Like when we say, I don't want vegetables. But um, our parents just... They, they think somehow that we're just a part of them, that we're just an extension of themselves. And so they, they, uh, they give us instruction sometimes without thinking. But parents instruction is commended in the book of Proverbs. It's a great good for us, a great blessing for us. And so this passage is giving us reasons to receive our parents teaching. And so what I want us to look at here in Proverbs 23, in just these verses, is uh, reasons why we should receive our parents' teaching. We should receive it because of their motive. We should receive it because of their message. And we we should receive it because of its ultimate meaning. And first, their motive. Parents teach us out of love. Parents teach love they can't help themselves. It's just part of what it means to be a parent. I told my brother-in-law it would happen, and it happened, and he told me about it after it happened. Before his, his daughter Maggie was born, I told him that something will just happen to you. A man's heart just grows three sizes. There's a, a new tenderness that wells up from nowhere. There's a sense of responsibility. There's a a, a sense of duty and of pride. And a man comes to realize that his joy is all bound up in the joy of this little child. And uh, so parents can't help themselves. Big, tough, manly men get melted and moved by the love for their children. And if that happens to men, mothers are driven by love for their children. So... Uh, When they give us teaching, they give us this teaching out of love for us. And so Proverbs speaks about the teaching of parents and how it's driven and motivated by love. If you just look in this passage right here. um, um, Yeah, where where do we have it? Verse 24 and 25. The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. And so throughout the book of Proverbs, just listen to these these passages from Proverbs that teach what what wonderful good things parents are trying to give us through their teaching and what love there is behind their teaching. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9. The teaching of parents is bling. It's a beautiful decoration and ornament for us. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They will be a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Wisdom from parents is the best gift which they give in love. Proverbs 4, 6 through 10. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, though it cost all you have. Get understanding. Esteem her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Listen, my son. Accept what I say, and the years of your life will be many. This is what parents want. They want good things for their children. They give their children wisdom because it's like a guardian, a companion who is uh, a great champion and protector. Listen to Proverbs six twenty to 23. My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch you. When you awake, They will speak to you, for these commands are a lamp. This teaching is a light, and the corrections of discipline are the way to life. And so it's the joy of parents to give teaching to their children. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son, grief to his mother. And so right there in in Proverbs 23, in another place it also talks about the joy of parents. 23... 15 and 16. My son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. So it's a great joy for parents to teach their children and give them what's good. Parents desire their children to know what's good. So it's out of love that parents teach. So love is the reason that the parents tell you not to touch the stove, and then love is the reason why they get out the ice and why they blow on the place where it hurts and make it better. Love is the reason they tell you not to walk on the thin ice, and love is the reason why when you come home drenched that they get out the chicken soup and the warm blankets. Love is the reason my father would tell me, Look what you're doing. And love is the reason why, when I slammed my finger in the door, he dropped everything, put me in the car, and drove me to the emergency room until I got my finger stitched and splinted, and then he took me out for ice cream. (laughs) He was more concerned about me and that I was well than whether or not I listened to everything he said because he loved me. So if our parents teach us out of love, if love is their motive, then how should we respond to their teaching? What should be the return that we give? What should be the answer that we give when our parents teach us out of love? Will you look in Proverbs 23, verse 26? The last verse of our passage tells us children what we should do with our parents' teaching. Proverbs 23, 26. My son give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways. And so he says, give me your heart. Open your heart to your parents. Your parents teach you, or they taught you, if they're done with their job, out of love. They poured out their heart to you in their teaching. So open your heart to their teaching and receive it. Now, what are some ways that you can open your heart to your parents' teaching? Would you look at uh, the the example of Jesus? Will you flip over to Luke chapter 2? Just keep your finger there in Proverbs 23. We're going to keep coming back to Proverbs 23. But look at Luke chapter 2. In the Pew Bible, it's on page 1016. And as you try to look for examples of of, uh, excellent children throughout Scripture, it's very hard to find any. Uh, There are lots of examples of children who are not perfect and have flaws and failures, but uh, the one that stands out so well for the way that he opens his heart to his parents and teaches us so much is the Lord Jesus Christ himself as a child. And so we look in Luke chapter 2 the last two verses, verses 51 and 52, we come to this place where Jesus has just finished talking to his parents as the Son of God. And it's good that he talks that way to his parents because it helps us to realize that he is God in the flesh. And it helps us to to have faith in him. But then so that we realize that he was actually pleasant to be around for his parents. He was a delight to have in the home. Luke gives us a two-verse summary of his youth. So Luke two, 20, fifty-one to 52, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. The Word of God says that Jesus was obedient to them. So Joseph tells Jesus, uh, Okay, make your bed, finish your breakfast, and come out and help me in the garden. Uh, Mary says, You can go and play after we have our prayer. Uh, So here are these two sinful people. And uh, they need the redemption. They need the grace that comes from the Son of God. And here the Son of God has come into the world. And they're telling him to wipe his mouth and make his bed. And uh, Jesus doesn't answer them the way that you and I might be tempted to answer and say, listen, you you aren't even my real father. And you don't have any right to talk to me this way. But he he is obedient to them. The Son of God is obedient to them. And so um, he opens his heart to them. He lets them speak into his life. He was God the Son, but he was a little child. He was in the flesh. He was a human being. And he allowed his parents to teach him. And he received and he learned from their teaching. And he realized that his parents were a gift from his Heavenly Father. And that God was with him and God was blessing him through his parents. And so he received their teaching. Gratefully, he opened his heart to them. He realized that they were teaching him in love. And uh, so shouldn't you. Open your heart to your parents. How can you do that? When they come to say something to you, when they come to give you some of their teaching, put the PlayStation on pause. Turn down the volume of the television. Turn both of your eyes to them. Give them both of your ears. Listen to them. Open your ears to them. And let them see and know and realize that you're listening to them. So listen to them and um, understand them. Open not just your ears, but your mind. So it doesn't just go in one ear and out the other. Yeah, you can repeat what they just said, but you can't remember it 30 seconds later. But understand what they're saying. Ask a question. Comprehend it. Think about what it means and how it relates to life. Think about, where did this come from? What's the significance of this? Why are they saying this? So understand. and then do it. They've given you their teaching. They've given you their wise advice. At least try it. Don't just try it, you know, so that you can say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. But really give a sincere effort at putting their advice into practice and see what it's like from inside. You can only find out by really, really doing it. And maybe come back with some feedback and tell them this is what happened. This is what it's like. And, and here's, here's the thing to do. If you do this, they'll be really freaked out. Ask for more. Come and ask for advice. Come and open your heart to your parents. Tell them, this is what I'm going through. This is the struggle I'm dealing with. This is the difficulty. Here's an area of my life. What's your advice? What do you recommend? And, and uh, receive their advice. If you do that, your mother will say, who are you? And what have you done with my daughter? So, we receive from our parents because of their motive. We honor their teaching because their motive is love. So what's their message? The message that parents give is wisdom. So parents teach wisdom, and because parents teach wisdom, wise children honor their teaching. So why is it that it is parents who teach children wisdom rather than children teaching parents wisdom? Where do parents get their wisdom? Wisdom comes largely from experience, either experience that you've had or experience that you've gained from listening to somebody else or watching somebody else. Wisdom comes through experience. And so um, uh, listen to these words from Proverbs chapter 4 about experience. A father teaching his sons, Proverbs 4, 1 through 5. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house. Oh, it's starting. There it is. When I was a boy. That's where it comes from. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender and an only child of my mother, he taught me and said, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding, and do not forget my words or swerve from them. So parents teach wisdom. Where does it come from? It comes from their experience. Every parent has a unique experience. And there's something unique in their background which they want to pass on as a heritage to their children and it puts a special fingerprint from themselves personally on the lives of the children that they raise. There was an old man in Uganda who would pray for his children with tears running down his face and he would say, oh God, don't let any of my children go to hell. And uh, this old man was raised in Uganda, in a non-Christian family, at a time when that's about the only kind of family there was in Uganda, before the gospel had spread and so many people had had experienced salvation. And so he was plucked from the burning. And he felt very deeply the preciousness of his salvation and how serious and terrible God's wrath is and how terrible sin is. And so he longed for his children to find salvation in Christ. One of his sons worked with me when we lived in Uganda. And uh, his name was Frank Nyonyintono. Tono. And uh, Frank told me how he and his brothers and sisters would come to their father when he was praying like this. And they would, you know, they would want to wipe the tears from his face and they would want to comfort him. But there was no comfort that he would receive unless his children would come to faith in Christ. And indeed, they all did. And so this father had the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, because of his own experience. And he passed that wisdom on to his children. And his children gained from that. And their lives were transformed and changed because of of his experience and the wisdom that he taught. So wisdom comes from experience. But what does it lead to? Where does it take us? Um, Wisdom leads to what is good. Wisdom leads us into whatever is best for us, whatever is for our welfare. Wisdom leads to what's good. Proverbs 23, 23. And it says, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. These are the precious things. Wisdom is supreme. And it's the good thing that you really need. And that's why parents want you to have it so much. What is wisdom? It is what is good. So Jesus, as a child, learned from his parents. It says in Luke 2, 52, that he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with men. So Jesus was a little boy. He had to receive wisdom and instruction and understanding from his parents. Somehow he had to grow in stature and he needed his parents' wisdom to know how to get the food and eat the food and take care of his body and protect himself. So he grew in stature because of their good care. And he had to learn how to deal with people in the wide world. And his parents helped to instruct him and teach him how to get along with people in the society and in the village. And he had to learn favor with God. He had to learn how as a young man, as a little boy, how to pray, how to come to God, how to serve God. And his parents taught him these things. Now, it's a great mystery that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the creator of the world, was learning from human parents, sinful human parents who were teaching him. But I'll tell you what's not a mystery. You need to learn from your parents. And so we need the wisdom that our parents can pass on to us. Parents teach wisdom, and uh, the wisdom is good for us. Yeah, so how should we respond to our parents' wisdom? What should we do with our parents' wisdom? Well, you look in Proverbs 23, verse 26. Again, that last verse of the passage tells the children what to do with their parents' wisdom. My son, give me your heart because I love you and I'm giving you my heart with this wisdom. And then, the next part of the verse, let your eyes keep to my ways. And that little phrase, my ways, is a way of saying my teaching. Let your eyes keep to my teaching. In other words, open your heart to me. I'm giving you this teaching out of love and close your grasp upon the teaching that I give you. Hold tightly, hold firmly to the message that I'm giving to you, to the wisdom that I'm passing along to you out of love. And so, our response to our parents' message of wisdom is to hold fast to it, to hold on to it, to get it and to keep it. Um. Ways to, how can, we, uh, how can we tighten our grasp on our parents' teaching? How can we hold on to it? How can we close our grip on our parents' teaching? Remember it. Write it down or repeat it to yourself. Uh, remember your parents' teaching. Use it. What you don't use, you lose. Put it into practice. Try it out. Build on it. Add to it. Use your parents' teaching. Take it like a box of Legos and build something new out of it that's never been seen before. Do something with it. Use your parents' teaching. Remember it, use it, and display it. Don't be ashamed of your parents' teaching. Don't be ashamed of what you've received from your parents. It's your, it's your chief treasure. It's your prize. It's the garland around your head. It's your bling. Show it off. This is the good thing that you have is your parents' teaching. So don't be ashamed of it. You know, there comes a time when you have to move on and make your own mark in the world. You have to separate yourself from your parents and express and illustrate the difference between yourself and your parents and show that you are your own person. Make your own achievements. Good. Do it. That's nothing new. It's, It's great. You should do that. But it doesn't mean that you need to Ignore or despise or reject your parents and their teaching. Tiger Woods was a famous golfer when he was three years old. His father introduced him to golf before he could walk. And when he was three years old, he appeared on um, a television show where he was in a putting contest against a comedian named uh, Bob Hope. And he beat Bob Hope, who's an avid golfer, in this little putting contest. So he was a child prodigy. He was famous by the age of three. He had a stunning career that y- you could see it coming from a million miles away. And so his parents, uh, who were just ordinary middle-class parents, they devoted himself to raising their son so that he would be an honorable son. They knew that he had talent. They knew that he could be great, but they wanted him to be good. And so they taught him uh, not to throw tantrums, not to look down on people, to be respectful, to be polite, to listen to people, to be a good sportsman. And they taught him to have drive and good concentration, and they taught him all kinds of things. They, they taught him, uh, his father would teach him to concentrate on the golf course by creating all kinds of distractions and making extremely loud noises while, while Tiger was trying to concentrate. Tiger Woods has won every major uh, golf tournament at least twice. He's won the masters four times, the PGA championship four times. You know, I'm not a sports fan I, I don't know sports statistics. I don't follow you know people's careers, but anybody has to admire Tiger Woods not just for his achievements but for his character uh, here's Here's a man who's a great sportsman and um, someone who who has really achieved something through his character? Newsweek uh, said of Tiger Woods uh, that he is best known as perhaps the finest golfer in history. But to his parents, it's more important that Tiger Woods is a fine young man. It took love, rules, respect, confidence, and trust to get there. Tiger Woods is not ashamed. He's He's proud of his heritage. He's proud of his parents. And he speaks about them. And, uh, and he holds on to the heritage that they passed on to him. So make your own mark. Invest your own talent. Do your own thing. But treasure the wisdom that your parents have passed on to you. So our parents, uh, they teach us out of the motive of love. And our parents pass along to us the message of wisdom. What other reasons are there why we should honor our parents' teaching? We should honor our parents' teaching because of its ultimate meaning. Parents teach about God. Parents reveal God's image. They teach us something about God just by who they are. They can't help it. Even parents who don't want to teach about God, even parents who don't believe in God, even parents who want to teach their children not to believe in God can't help teaching something about God because we're created in God's image. And God is the one from whom all fatherhood derives its name, as the book of Ephesians tells us. And so, uh, parenthood comes from God, and parents reflect God's image. They are God's First, representatives in our lives. And so we need to respond to them as uh, image bearers. We need to honor their teaching. So, what are some ways in which parents reflect God's image, in which parents reveal God's image? Uh, First, by giving us life. Parents give us life. There it is in Proverbs 23. Um, Verse 22, listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Your parents give you life. You know, it's God who created life. God made, you know, stars and he made the sky and the earth and the sea and he made all sorts of, you know, physical things. But he made life. Life comes from God. Life can't just evolve from non-life. Life Life is uh, created by God. It comes from life. And so your life comes from God, but not by direct creation, by procreation. So in my little world, my private little world, the one who is God to me, the one who gave me life and brought me into existence, who created my little frame of reference, is my parents. They're the first representatives of God in my life. And so they are God's image bearers in my life. And I need to honor them as as God's image bearers. This gets very serious. Because how you treat God's image bearer is always something that's terribly serious and terribly important. So our parents reveal God to us by giving us life. They reveal God to us by disciplining us. Listen to Proverbs chapter 3, 11 through 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. The Lord disciplines, the Lord trains, the Lord teaches. He is a judge, but he's a kind, merciful, and compassionate judge. Much, much, much more like a parent. And so parents are created to bear God's image and to reveal God's nature as a loving and holy father. So they, they reveal God's image by giving us life, by disciplining us, and parents reveal God's image by the curse that falls upon those who dishonor, reject, and despise them. I told you this gets serious. Listen to these words from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs nineteen twenty-six. He who robs his father and drives out his mother is a son who brings shame and disgrace. Proverbs twenty twenty, what happens to them? If a man curses his father or mother, his lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. Proverbs uh, twenty eight twenty four. He who robs his father or mother and says it's not wrong, he is partner to him who destroys. You don't want to be the partner of him who destroys. God creates, and you come and destroy. No. Proverbs 30, 11 through 13. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. Those who are pure in their own eyes and yet are not cleansed of their filth. Those whose eyes are ever so haughty, whose glances are so disdainful. And what happens to them? Proverbs 30, verse 17. The eye that mocks a father, that scorns obedience to a mother, will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. There's a terrible curse that falls upon the one who dishonors, rejects, and uh, despises parents. And there's a blessing that God brings upon the one who is obedient and respectful and honors parents. So in the Ten Commandments, it says, honor your father and mother, that it may go well with you, and you may have a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you, Exodus 20, verse 12. So parents are God's image bearers, God's first representatives in our lives. How do we respond? How do we honor parents as God's image bearers? Um, stay committed to them. Stay involved in their lives. Stay in touch. You know, this is complicated for some of us because some of us don't have two parents. Some of us have four parents, or six, or seven, or you know, it's it's become very confusing for more and more of us these days. Our our families are intertwined and intermingled. Um, But if there's someone who is fulfilling the role of parent in your life, if there's someone who has some part of the role of a parent in your life, then give honor where honor is due. And honor them for that part of parenthood which, which they reflect, for that part of God's image which they bear. So keep in touch with them. Stay committed to your parents. Meet their needs. A man who doesn't take care of the needs of his family is worse than an unbeliever. That's what Paul tells us in the New Testament. So we have to be attentive to our parents' needs. We have to prepare for our parents' needs. But we shouldn't fight with our siblings when our parents have needs, but we should gather together and help our parents' needs be met. And stay respectful. Stay involved. Stay committed. Stay respectful. Even if there are things about them that are not respectful. Even if there are things about your parents that are disgraceful. Even if there are things, ways in which your parents have broken faith with you, they've broken promises with you, yet keep respect for them. I think a great teacher of this is a a hero of the Old Testament. He's a tragic hero because he had a father who was gone astray, a father who was wicked. His name is Jonathan. We read about him in 1 Samuel, and of 1 Samuel. His father was King Saul. And King Saul had gone off in search of ambition and, and pride and uh, you know, trying to make a great name for himself instead of following the Lord and serving the Lord. And so his son, Jonathan, had to stand against him. God had chosen a successor for King Saul and it wasn't Jonathan, it was David. And David became Jonathan's best friend. And Jonathan loved David as his own heart. And his father, King Saul, was trying to kill David. Jonathan stood against his father's plan. He denounced what his father was doing. He resisted it. He would have no part in it. But Jonathan remained faithful to his father And so when his father went off in battle, the battle in which he was finally killed, even though his father was so unfaithful and was um, secretly consulting with witches and things and turning against the Lord, but Jonathan was there with him, serving his nation and serving his father and faithfully standing by his side until that very tragic day when both of them fell on the battlefield together, two heroes. So we should be faithful and, and uh, continue to honor and respect our parents because they bear God's image, even those who don't want to, even those who are very poor at it. You know, our parents teach us. They teach us imperfectly, but they teach us out of love. And they teach us real wisdom, real treasures that are really for our good and for our welfare and our parents bear God's image, and so they deserve our honor, but they teach us so imperfectly in such a broken and failing way. I never knew how uh, important my Uncle Jack was in my life until his funeral in 1998. I always remembered Uncle Jack as the kind of crazy guy who liked to eat butter, but... (laughs) He, would not, he could not swallow a mouthful of meatloaf that had even a whiff of onion or mustard in it. And so he was my mascot. He was the, uh, you know, as a picky eater, he was my, uh, my, my chief line of defense, you know, the argument I could always appeal to. You know, Uncle Jack doesn't. And uh, so I, I liked Uncle Jack. But at his funeral, my father stood up and told us about the influence that Uncle Jack had had in, in his life. And my father growing up without a father of his own recalled seeing how Uncle Jack would go out the door on a winter morning, shovel off the stairs, shovel off the walk, bring the car around, and warm it up so that Aunt Catherine would not have to be out in the cold for long. And so my father learned that a man sacrifices for those who may be weaker. And uh, this is a lesson that he tried to follow in his life and tried to pass on to his children. You know, my father was um, uh, perhaps not a, not a great man. There were some really great things about him, and he had uh, you know a lot of admirers, but he was difficult in the family. My brother said that in modern parlance we'd probably call him an abuser, but... Uh, Imperfect as he was, he taught us out of love and he taught us good things and he taught us about God. So we we receive our parents and we honor them. But there's something much better for us. There's a family for you to be a part of which doesn't have any of these imperfections, which doesn't have any of these faults and flaws. And it isn't South Shore Baptist Church. Will you... Turn over to John chapter 15. John 15, starting with verse 9. Some words from Jesus at the Last Supper, inviting us into fellowship, promising fellowship with the Father, with his Father. As the beloved Son, calling us into fellowship with himself and his Father. John 15 Verse 9-11 through As the Father has loved me so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Perfect love. Love which does perfectly for his children. Verse 10 If you obey my commands you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Perfect wisdom. Perfect teaching. The teaching of God himself given in love. Verse 11, I have told this to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for your grace, your goodness, your love toward us in giving us parents. Father, give us grace to receive our parents and to honor our parents Sometimes it seems so difficult, so challenging because of them and more because of ourselves. Be with us, Lord, that we can have peace and love and unity in our families. Help us who have lost our parents to cherish the memory, to cherish the wisdom, to hold tightly to what we've received and to not lose it. And Father, help us, who are parents, to pass on to our children a godly legacy. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.